This copyrighted broadcast is an exclusive presentation of Learfield IMG College under the broadcasting rights granted by the University of Louisiana Monroe. Reuse of this presentation is prohibited without the expressed written consent of ULM and Learfield IMG College. Announcers are provided by Learfield IMG College and approved by ULM. Sports Properties, a property of Learfield IMG College, brings you Hawk Talk. Hawk Talk is brought to you by Anheuser-Busch, Bancor South, Brookshire's, CenturyLink, Coca-Cola, Edward Via College of Osteopathic Medicine, First National Bank, Iberia Bank, Louisiana Lottery, and Warhawk Sports Properties. Hawk Talk is on the air. Here's ULM head football coach Matt Viator and the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White. Welcome in to uh, another edition of Hawk Talk and uh, glad to be here with you. Nick White along with ULM head football coach Matt Viator. Hawk Talk, uh, while not uh, on site this year, uh, still uh, brought to you by the great folks at Walk-Ons. And uh, we, we hope that uh, f- people will continue uh, to go out and support uh, Walk-Ons. It's been a great addition uh, here to North Louisiana. And they continue to expand, uh, really, uh, all across the country. As uh, we catch up with Coach Coach Matt Viator, we come off of a uh, tough ball game up in uh, beautiful West Point, New York. And, and that's where I want to start first and foremost I don't know about you but you know I hadn't uh you you hadn't coached a game since last November I hadn't broadcasted a game in over six months and that that's a long time for for me to be out, out of work um I woke up Saturday extremely nervous uh, I was nervous I've ever been you know in a long long time this was as challenging of a football game for me to prepare for it as well, even going back to the, the high school years with just the way things have been this year. How did you wake up Saturday morning, and did you almost have to pinch yourself like I did to say, we're actually doing this? I can't believe we're with everything's going on, we're actually getting to do this and, and get a football game underway. You know, Nick, I was more the Thursday night and then the Friday morning, I think, you know, with, with all the things that go into travel and all the things that go in and, you know, getting the players up and, you know, having our final walkthroughs and handing out travel gear and doing all that kind of stuff. But uh, because, I mean, I didn't hardly sleep at all Thursday night and was really, really excited and uh, got up and jumped in the shower, put my suit on, you know, I mean, like immediately. (laughs) You know, we weren't flying out till 2 o'clock. Right. But, I mean, just I I think that – and, of course, you know, when you get there and you're at – and you're – wherever you're going, you know, whether it's, you know, and it, 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 I don't know, for me, it hasn't changed. And I keep telling myself when it changes, I'm going to retire because there's still that feeling and, you know, that anticipation and, 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 you know, that's just, that's just really exciting. And, uh, and I certainly felt it again. Like I said, I mean, it was, uh, that whole night, Thursday night and Friday morning and getting everybody in here and getting everybody situated and doing all that. And, uh, so by the, by the time the game comes, you know, I get a lot more nervous prior to all of that than I do actually the game. But um, it was it was fun. Yeah, no, no question. And then, you know, to, to go to somewhere, if you like history like I do, um, it's my fav- favorite subject other than, I guess, you know, sports anytime growing up. But 
to go there and to stay in the hotel we were at was really cool uh, right there uh, about 100 feet off the post I guess technically uh, but just to, to see you know all, all the people that had been a part of that hotel that we were at and just the history there and uh, and then going and playing a game. We didn't get the full West Point experience due to a lot of the COVID stuff and the full game day experience. Well, I believe we have a game, you know, there in a couple of years going back up there as a home and home. Um, but still just awesome, awesome scenery and backdrop to be able to go and, and uh, play a college football game. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really pretty place. And you mentioned us uh, staying at the Thayer Hotel. We're only the second team to stay there middle tennessee stayed there yeah. last weekend and we stayed there but they were telling me that's normally the hotel for the parents of the players yeah and usually have to stay about an hour you know it's, it's you know coach jernigan's on our staff tulane went there last year several people have been and usually have to stay about an hour away yeah you know and, and go in there so i thought it was uh that was pretty neat uh you know and it's interesting, too, because I was thinking about it walking around Saturday morning, you know, something, the old cliche, you know, there's kind of something in the air. It just it smelled it. I, I could feel it, too, I, when I got outside. And I don't know how, you know, and I don't know how to describe it or how to define it, but I know what it is when I feel it. And it just, it really does. I mean, it just seemed like it just has that, that feeling there, you know, that, that uh, mystique or, you know, whatever you want to call it and stuff. But, uh, and I just got that really just walking around by myself around campus you know i say around the campus around the base or the whatever you know the spot that we were in just walking around out there of course it's absolutely beautiful morning mm -hmm. i mean just you know whatever it was what was it 58 degrees it I was think? Uh, it was 59 was text, degrees when uh, i got up and i was texting my wife and i said uh can i just bring this this uh, weather home with us and yeah. she she was she wasn't happy with me texting her pictures of where i was drinking coffee of that scenery over yeah. the hudson so uh, well, i was outside actually looking out and uh just kind of sitting out there and standing out there by myself and dr aldred and taking some pictures whatever and sent them to me so i sent them to my wife i didn't know she was taking them and so i sent them to my wife but uh it is a beautiful place yep looking forward to uh getting back up there and experiencing that as we we got into the game uh you know got that that toe to the pigskin and here we go and certainly didn't win it on the field but i want to go back you know we did win by just getting this season underway and, and what you and scott and the league and Commissioner Gill and everybody's put in. And I think, you know, the conference, first and foremost, reap the benefits of that with just the weekend that the Sun, really the past two weekends that the Sunbelt Conference has had with all the TV exposure and then capitalizing with some wins. Your thoughts on just the way, you know, getting three Power Five wins this weekend is just great for the brand and for the conference. Yeah, no question. I mean, when I heard what Lafayette had did, I mean, I kind of, somebody sold me that on the bus and stuff but that's a big win i mean to go to we to were there ames, last year to go to ames iowa and win and then you know then i heard something you know just kind of about uh arkansas state, state yeah you know winning and stuff but when we got home nick i mean i went home and and stuff and got to flip around the channels and you know and turn on the thing and it was 21 28 20 whatever nothing yeah and the announcers or whatever it was right before the half and the announcers it was tim brando yeah tim brando that's right and they commented but whoever's doing the color was basically saying spencer tillman this yeah. is no fluke that's exactly right i mean they're physically beating them and running you know running right at them and you know and really really you know playing physical defense and stuff but it wasn't like but they're basically saying it wasn't like kansas came out there and turned over the ball and did something I mean, coastal was really taking it to them and stuff so but look i mean you know i know we all know what this league does yep. and year in and year out and 
and you know not this big win for all three of those programs but i can't say that i'm stunned by by any of it you know because that's just the way it is and app you know had a win over charlotte yep. who's what conference usa i think yep. and stuff so anyway it was uh definitely some big wins yeah it was a great weekend there and uh we'll certainly you know dive in another team that had a chance in texas state we'll get into them uh here in the last segment we're going to take our first break when we come back we'll we'll break down uh the the good and the, and the bad in this game uh, ulm opening the season last saturday up at west point taking on the black knights of army you're listening to hawk talk brought to you by walk-ons here on the warhawk radio network from learfield img college Let's go back to Hawk Talk with ULM head football coach Matt Viator and the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White. Welcome back to Hawk Talk as uh, we catch up with Coach Matt Viator. Of course, Hawk Talk brought to you by walk-ons. We're not on site this year due to uh, a lot of the, the COVID uh, situations, but uh, we still appreciate uh, walk-ons being our title sponsor of Hawk Talk uh, here this season. All right, we kind of talked about leading into the game, Coach, and, and now we, we dive into it. And uh, <laughs> we talked a lot about their 12-minute their uh, plus-minute drive last week, 99 yards. It wasn't quite that, their first drive, a little over eight minutes, but uh, – a methodical drive to open up the ball game by by Army, uh, and boy Anderson had a couple of third down conversions uh, just using his athletic ability at quarterback. Uh, there were some back breaking moments in that opening drive. There was, I think the the biggest. I don't remember if it was the first or the second drive, but uh, we had we got him a third and eight, and he got in a little problem or whatever, and then scrambled out, and they'd cut our our contain guy, our defensive end guy, and he scrambled for the first down. I thought that was a big play. They put in a pretty cool little counter play that we haven't seen that got a couple – scored the first touchdown yep. on it and, um, you know, got, had a couple – which those option people always do. You know, they have a few wrinkles for you. But I uh, thought we competed really well. I mean, I, I thought we were pretty physical, which I was concerned about, you know, being able to match their physicality and stuff but defensively and, and then plus I thought we, we ran around really good you know we rallied guys to the ball and stuff so pretty pleased you know especially to settle in after the first couple of drives and uh look and you could you could play 11 games and then play an option team and and you know not really be used to the speed of the game the hardest thing Nick you and I've talked about it a million times is is simulating the option in practice that's the hardest thing you know you get a scout team and it's getting harder and harder and harder because all of our players now they all came up in this seven on seven generation and you know and everybody's spreading and throwing it and doing this and nobody does this anymore (laughs) used to i mean even five ten years ago you could you know you could take a quarterback that's run the option before and you could take some guys or whatever and stuff but i mean it's it's few and far between to find any kids on this football team that have ever even run it and stuff so simulating it's the hardest thing you know and it's funny my, my oldest son brian is eight years old he was watching the game saturday while listening to to, to dad you know which is always pretty cool uh, but i got home and, and sunday morning and yesterday uh he was like dad i want to um I want, I want to. I want to do what that that pitch that Army's quarterback was doing. What what's that? You know, he'd never seen that before. He, he, he hadn't watched a lot of football, but I mean, it was totally foreign to him. And I said, "Okay, I'll show you a little bit about the option." He was like, "Man, that's really cool. I, I wish more people ran that." You know, <laughs> I said, "Well, it's 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 uh, it's pretty old school, but it's tough to defend." So it's, uh, yeah, it's very tough to defend. And and like I said, I mean, you know, these young men now have come up through this what I call the seven on seven 
you know, era. Yeah. And I mean, and you start and, you know, and, you know, they do it, um, you know, in summer leagues, they do it, but their teams are doing it and, um, you know, and stuff. So anyway, you know, we'll, most of us do the zone read and stuff. You know, it's it's a form of kind of the triple option, so to speak. That you know, and then the third option is the is the RPO yeah. part of it. So the philosophy is the same. It's just different the way they do it. Um, whenever you you look at talk about the physicality there, and and with limited fans, the cadets were there and they were making some noise. But you know, for us, especially whenever we started having a little things going our way defensively. Uh, that really stood out to me. You know, we have these headsets on. It cancels some things out, but it does pick up. Just the popping of the pads and the physicality, in particular, Travion Webster and, and the pop that he had on uh, on Anderson uh, there, uh, you know, because a big defensive play. But uh, he, he was really bringing it for a first game limited contact. I thought he really kind of set the tone for your football team on that side. I thought he did, too. And uh, he, you know, he had a really good game. Austin Holly, I thought, had, yeah. you know, Jabari. <laughs> excuse me, Johnson had a bunch of tackles and, uh, you know, but if you're going to play the option, you know, of course, Javion is a linebacker, but those safeties, you know, have to really, and we had talked about it last week that I thought we would be better suited to play. Now that was before we lost Tyler Glass in practice last week, but uh, I thought we'd be better suited, you know, to play because of the experience we had in the secondary. And, um, but it's, it definitely shows, but yeah, I did think we were physical and, uh, both sides. Uh, the guy we got our first look at was a pointer there on the defensive line, uh, redshirt freshman out of Jonesboro, Arkansas. Um, I thought he was also, uh, you know, a pretty big key cog in there in his first uh, Division One uh, game out there, Division One start. In the few practices we had in the spring, we thought he stood out. And then coming in in August, you know, we haven't had a full camp, but the times we did, you know, and then we actually scrimmaged some and did some stuff early on in camp. I mean, he really stood out. Like, wow, you know, I mean, and, and you just never know. I mean, you know, you want kids. We thought he was a great player, you know, come, you know, we recruited him for sure. But you never know. You redshirt a kid, Nick, and you just don't know, you know, will he take that next step? And he certainly has. Let's go to the offensive side. And, and your first game, I guess, back at your previous stop, you, you did it calling plays. What was that like for you kind of getting back in the groove of that while also uh, being the head coach? Well, it wasn't any fun the other night, you know, for sure. And uh, certainly didn't do a very good job either because we just never got anything really going. We were we were just off and you know several of them were bad calls several of them were bad execution you know and um, there were several things really that we did early in the game that we were expecting something because really all we you know all we had to go by was middle tennessee's 40 something plays that they ran in game one and you know so we were going off of last year and some stuff and they had a couple wrinkles that i thought were were pretty interesting uh, that they got us on 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 the second play of the game you know, they did something a little bit different and kind of got us. But, you know, that's that's offense, Nick. I mean, it only takes – I mean, ten guys can can do a great job and, and you know, one guy can miss his assignment or miss his block and, and it's it's a minus five on the play. And, uh, you know, that's just offensive football. But it's important that, you know, when I say we're out of rhythm, I mean not everybody doing what they're supposed to in every single play. And then, you know, and then from us and from me, from my point of view, getting them in, getting us in some bad situations a couple of times, you know, that uh, that's all it takes is one play and then 
that can blow the whole drive. It was apparent they were they they had the game plan. They were, they were keying in on Josh, and uh, his two of his first three carries were were tackles for a loss. He had his first sixty nine carries last year without a tackle for a loss, and you know they they really did a nice job of, of containing Josh and and that threat there in the in the running game. That's pretty much what they do every week. I mean, and you know, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, Josh is a really good player, and I'm sure they were keyed in on him, but they didn't do anything that they that they didn't do for the most part in most of the games last year. I mean, they crowd the box. They do some stuff. They man pressure, zone pressures, you know, and kind of mix it up. There were several different stunts that they did early in the game that, that cost us. And the first tackle for loss, what we're talking about with Josh, you know, we got like seven or eight yards on the first play. And then we just did a little simple play and ran it. And they, they ran a little twist stunt mm-hmm. in there. And we just, you know, we just didn't see it. And, you know, number one, we didn't see it. Number two, even if we did, we didn't see it with that speed. You know those guys doing it, and you know we had the minus or whatever. But it seemed like in the drives in the first portions of the game, even when we hit Bloom on the long throw, we got down there, had a positive play on first down or whatever, and then the second down play, you know we had a little mix up, and we took a sack and then backed us up. You know how all that goes. Yep. But um, so we were only able to really sustain that one drive when you know you just didn't have the big. The big bad play, so to speak, and uh, and like I said, that'll caution. And when you only get 40 snaps in a game, you know, of course, a lot of that's the problem, the offense's fault too, because you don't sustain drives. Right. But when you don't, then they get the ball back and they keep it the whole time. That's their game. That's what they want to do. And I mean, really, I've never been a, in a football game where we've ran 44 plays the whole game. Quarter, mean, quarterbacks we played both of them. You said that was going to happen. Colby got the start, and uh, you know Jeremy Hunt got out there. Um, you know, kind of slow going there, but but I thought once Suits settled in there, that 54 yard pass to to Bloomfield was nice. Had some nice uh, throws to Josh Peterson uh, there in the second half, and Hunt had some moments in there as well. Your assessment of, of those guys after their first game? Yeah, still limited snaps. I mean, Jeremy, I think played 10 plays, nine plays, or 10 plays, and I mean that's not really enough to to go off of and Kobe got the other 34 I think and uh but you know look we're gonna start Kobe and you know and see how it goes or whatever from there but I really I thought both of them looked really comfortable and both of them I mean you know they just didn't have that you know what I tell the players you know you make a mistake you make a mistake but don't run out in the street you know kind of like you know somebody would tell their little kids you know you run out in the street I mean that's you know it's a little different than than leaving your shoes out, you know, and, 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 but I didn't think either one of them had that, <laughs> that running out in the street moment, you know, I mean, they, they seem comfortable and, you know, we just, you know, they need to play better, but we need to play better around them and we need to set up things better around them. We'll take uh, another break. We'll come back our final segment. We'll hit on the third, fa- third phase and also conference opener here against Texas State at home, 630 on Saturday. You're listening to Hawk Talk brought to you by Walk-Ons here on the Warhawk Radio Network from Learfield IMG College. Let's go back to Hawk Talk with ULM head football coach Matt Viator and the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White. Welcome back to Hog Talk, brought to you by Walk-Ons in West Monroe. As uh, we, we kind of tie a, a, a ribbon around the Army game, uh, certainly, Coach, uh, you know, the, the third phase was special teams. And uh, to me, the, the key play was the fake punt. You had, you know, defense was playing lights out, 17-7. They're about to punt it away, fourth and 10. They get 47 yards on a fake. And, 
um, I could just see, the, you know, across the way, the, the body language of the dejection, like, oh, my goodness. And, and from there, it just kind of snowballed. A no disappointing missed field goal. There were some, you know, changes there at the place kicking late and all that. Some thoughts on how special teams can improve and uh, going into this conference opener. Well, we need to improve, and no question. But, you know, things like just live punt protection, when you you put nine guys over there or eight guys over there and and there everybody's trying to block the punt. Look, we did it in the beginning of camp. We've done it some, and we just haven't did it enough. Yeah. And um, you know we we're talking about that, but we came back after the layoff and we came back and started. You know our main emphasis, mine was to we got to get them back acclimated and we have to get them in shape. I mean, if we're going to go play a game and whatever it was 12 days i mean we we have to we have to build up some endurance we have you know because I, I was really afraid nick i mean to go over and be out of shape and have a bunch of injuries and so on and so forth but the things like that that you seem to miss you know and and i say seem to miss that are have not been hit enough and just to really so doesn't surprise me necessarily but uh well i was hoping to do better i was hoping that we did enough to be a little bit better than that i'll give army credit i mean third and 10 from your own 35 up 10 i didn't think it was coming now down 10 maybe but up 10 and give them credit i mean <laughs> they got me it was kind of similar to memphis last year you know they a similar situation kind of some things going right defensively and they they kind of did the yeah. same thing run, running a fake down there but you know in the, in the third quarter you know in their territory yeah. up 10 points and playing pretty good defense yeah you know they were they were playing good defense and I didn't anticipate it, so it was a great call by them and uh, good execution. You bring up, uh, or you mentioned about, you know, worried about injuries. I, I told Dr. Saul Graves at church yesterday morning, I said, I don't think you and J.D. ran on the field once at all. I didn't see them have to come out. Y'all seemed to come out uh, come out of that game injury-free as far as in the game. Pretty, Yeah, pretty good. A lot of bumps and bruises, um, you know, yesterday and you know, just, I mean, typical. I mean, you play a team that, that cut blocks you, the whole, you know, a, a lot defensively and stuff. Um, you know, but not one all, guy cramped up though. I mean, no, no, I mean, no. kind of even in good cooler temperatures, you still kind of see that in the first game. Yeah, we really tried to work on conditioning part, like I said, acclimating it first and getting everybody back. And we really tried to work hard on that, you know, because I didn't want to get them in a situation that you know you get in the third or fourth quarter. And I think you could still you could see a little bit in the fourth quarter. I mean, we were tired defensively. I mean, I think you could see that. Yeah. But uh, we were able to battle pretty good there for about three quarters and stuff. So, but look, what I hear, you know, what I saw yesterday from treatment and all that and from JD's report was, was positive. And so we'll see what we got tomorrow morning. That's uh, certainly good news there. All right, Texas State, uh, Coach Bavital, second year there. Um, you know, they, they, they're 0-2, but, man, they, they have had some really good performances against SMU. Got to watch that ball game live. And then um, right before we took off, I got to see the craziness of the punt return and the missed extra point. Didn't get to see all the overtimes because we had taken off and saw it whenever we landed. Um, boy, they're putting up some offensive numbers, and they have a ton of new guys compared to last year and, and previous years. They've really kind of flipped that roster there in his second year. It's incredible the number of transfers they have. And and to be able to gel, I think, yeah, I think from what I understand, they've had, they've had a full camp. You know, so I mean, they've had a little bit of time to gel, but still, I mean, you got all these new players out there and stuff, and they seem to have gelled pretty good. But uh, I mean, I think there's no question they're better than what they've been. Um, you know, defensively, they've been pretty good the last several years. Yeah. So, but they're better offensively. You know, I mean, they they have some more weapons, they have more speed, 
and uh, stuff. So it's going to be a tough test. At quarterback, uh, they had Brady McBride started against SMU. He was a late scratch uh, against UTSA, but Tyler Vitt has been has been there in the program for a few years, and, and he really didn't miss a beat there against UTSA the uh, last Saturday. Well, we hear they had pretty good competition between the two of them, but as you say, Nick, I mean, Tyler's, you know, Tyler's played, what, two years against us? Yeah and stuff so I mean him coming back but you know they're they're new around them and stuff I mean they you know a lot of the wideouts are new both of the running backs are new so you know it's a new team that I think Coach Pavaton and his staff have done a, done a really good job of putting them together and he commented on the running back Sturgis and Hill two different styles one a bigger you know, Sturgis a bigger you know back back there and, and Hill uh, kind of a little jitterbug, but uh, 168, 57, but uh, both uh, present some uh, pretty pretty strong challenges. No question, and they you know they both catch it out of the backfield. I mean Sturgis had a the first touchdown against UTSA, you know really nice setup pick play so to speak, got him free down the sideline, and uh, and then they didn't catch him. But uh, they both have some pop. I mean when you look at them, I mean they can both you know if you miss a tackle or they get they got some space i mean they can take it for a ways uh oh, and then you mentioned uh, the receivers a totally new crew except for sharid wearing number one but uh you know some weapons there haydell uh receiver and also he's the one that had the punt return there some uh pr- pretty solid skill positions across the board the, uh, to me that's that's their biggest improvement from what they've been the last couple of years is the skill guys the 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 running backs are better than what they've had, and then you look at their receivers. I mean, they, they're playing about six guys, and I think four of them are transfers. I think of the six I counted, and uh, you know, and, and they definitely uh, they're better than what they've been. Nick, defensively, you mentioned there were some, there's some names that have been on that depth chart for years that are gone now, uh, thankfully from, from that football team. But uh, you know, people are going to look at the stats from especially UTSA. Um, a lot of points, double overtime game. I look at that SMU game and a tough offense to defend and, and Sonny Dykes, you know, a lot of tempo. And uh, I was pretty impressed with what they brought to the table. I was too. I was impressed with the with the way they, like I said, the energy they played with, the speed they played with. Uh, it was first game of the year against good players. I thought they tackled, you know, really good. I mean, they're secondary guys and stuff. So I've been impressed, Nick. I mean, I know – you know, I'm sure Coach Pav's, you know, thinking, wow, you know, there's two games that we could have won that we lost both of them. But I'm impressed. I can see the improvement in what his football, where his football team is. And, uh, you know, and it's going to, no doubt, it's going to be a tough opponent for us this week. Finally, in special teams, we know that their freshman kicker missed the PAT, missed a field goal in double overtime. Um, you know, some certain areas there. You talked about the concerns and, and getting back to game speed on your end special teams. Your, your thoughts on how, you know, that can really be uh, very important in this ball game? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it always is. It always is early in the season and um, in every game, but especially it seems, to, you know, to – to really be of a focus early in the season, you know, and stuff, depending on how much, you know, actual work you've got to do and live work and stuff. Because uh, like we've always talked about, Nick, there are no scrimmages in the Jamboree and like there is in high school and there's no preseason games in the NFL. I mean, you know, you really get out there for the first time and things like that. I mean, you really you really cross your fingers and hopefully, you know, you're prepared enough and, um, you know, you just got to move on. 
Well, Coach, we're looking forward. Home opener here, uh, Texas State, 6.30 kickoff. It'll be televised ESPNU. Uh, yours truly, Mike McGee. We will hit the air at 5.30 on uh, KLIP 105.3. Go to syncmygame.com. Find out how you can uh, sync up our call with the television coverage. And, uh, Coach, we'll see you out there at Malone Stadium on Saturday. Thanks, Nick. want to thank uh, everybody uh, for tuning in here today and thank Walk-Ons, our uh, Hawk Talk Coaches Show sponsor as well. For Coach Matt Viator, I'm Nick White. You've been listening to Hawk Talk here on the Warhawk Radio Network from Learfield IMG College. Hawk Talk has been brought to you by Anheuser-Busch, Bancor South, Brookshire's, CenturyLink, Coca-Cola, Edward Via College of Osteopathic Medicine, First National Bank, Iberia Bank, Louisiana Lottery, and Warhawk Sports Properties. This copyrighted broadcast is an exclusive presentation of Learfield IMG College under the broadcasting rights granted by the University of Louisiana Monroe. Reuse of this presentation is prohibited without the expressed written consent of ULM and Learfield IMG College. Announcers are provided by Learfield IMG College and approved by ULM. The proceeding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the ULM Sports Network.